Tim Jones is on the phone with us. Obviously, you know who he is, former host of this show, Wake Up Springfield, former Speaker of the House. And Tim, welcome. I hear there's a rumor. You were in D.C. last week. I absolutely was. I was there this week. I saw history being made. And uh, no, I am not throwing my hat into the ring, even though I've been asked many times already. <laughs> we said it already. Uh, well, on the they show. did have a speaker in the house the other day. So, you know, you, you could have stepped forward. That's that's very true. That was a um, oof, gentleman. Good morning, and lady. Uh, that was a that was a wild experience. I uh, was heading to D.C. for the uh, 50th anniversary celebration of a group called Alec that I do some work for here in the Midwest, the American Legislative Exchange Council. It's a uh, basically uh, long story short, it's a trade association for state legislators from for all, from all 50 states. They've been around since um, well, they've been around for 50 years. Uh, Speaker Newt Gingrich was one of the folks who helped begin ALEC back in the days. They, um, they basically took the principles of the Reagan Revolution and said, you know, uh, we, need to, we need to teach state legislators all the great things that Reagan tried to implement on the federal level, of which he was successful on many fronts. And so that organization was why I was there. I landed on, what was that, like Tuesday afternoon, and I was in communication with uh, our congressman here for the 7th Congressional, Eric Burleson, and I was asking him if he was in town because originally they weren't supposed to be in town after they passed the uh, around the, uh, the time of the continuing resolution. And they decided, no, they've only got 45 more days, so they better put in a couple work weeks here and try to pass some more budget bills. And so uh, I reached out to Eric. He said, yes, not only am I in town, but get over to the Capitol as soon as you can. Um, we may go see history being made together. So Eric got me into the Capitol. I got to go in through the... Uh, the members' entrance, which was really interesting, wow. he, he perched me in the uh, the uh, in the gallery on the members' side, and uh, I sat there for three hours and listened to the entire thing. And the congressman would run up run up and down between the votes and tell me what was going on on the floor. It was a it was a fast it was a fascinating experience. And I'll tell you, um, you know, when the when the TV cameras are stripped away, even though there was plenty of media in the gal in the uh, in the press gallery. But when the TV cameras are stripped away and you as a you as a citizen and a taxpayer are simply allowed to sit there unfiltered and actually watch what was going on, I have to say that the debate on the substantive matter of how the House should proceed and under what leadership was a really good debate. They did a one hour time debate yeah. between Congressman Matt Gates, who was the, the mover of the motion to vacate Kevin McCarthy uh, versus Kevin McCarthy's allies. And, uh, you know, every once in a while there was a zinger, every once in a while there was a, a little bit of a personal attack. But for the most part, when they talked about the substantive things they were trying to do, they were unified. And, of course, the media won't report any of those sound bites, but they, they talked, both sides. Uh, and, and only Republicans talked that day. None, none of the Democrats jumped into the fray. They just watched the circus, right? So when they were talking about substantive issues, they all agreed Democrats are destroying this country. Uh, Biden inflation is wrecking the middle class. This all seems to be intentional and on purpose. They want us to live in a, a socialist state. Uh, that's what they want. Now, when it came down to who should lead them forward, that's where the dissension was. And it seemed to be, um, if I could sum it all up, I would say Gates' argument was, you know, I extracted 12 pounds of flesh from McCarthy back in January. I've only gotten 10 up to this point, so he needs to go. You think you know, it was personal I, then? So that's that's kind of where yeah, you're going? Absolutely, Alex. Abs it, it was obviously absolutely personal. Now, 
I'm not a defender of McCarthy. I, I'm not a. I've met the. I've met the guy a few times. Seems like a pleasant enough guy. I'm sure he's a great congressman for his district. I was never in favor of him being speaker. I had a bad, bad feeling that this day would come. I just did, didn't. He didn't. You know, intuition in politics is a, is a real thing, and I've been in and around this process now for 20 years. So I, I hopefully have learned a thing or two. And I just had a feeling that the McCarthy speakership was not going to go well. And then. Mm-hmm. When they, when they gave Gates the power to do a motion to vacate with one member, I said, this thing is set up to fail, and it has. Yeah. So uh, on the other hand, I'm not a fan at all of what Gates did because most Americans, uh, you know, the, beyond the people who listen to this show every day, who, you know, they like to drink from the political fire hose like, like you all do, most Americans uh, are waking up uh, go, and going, hey, do the Republicans have a clue yet? Do they have a speaker? Do they know what they're doing? This looks dysfunctional. Yeah. This is a huge distraction, and this is not what we needed. If they can come back in a week or two and get this resolved and put in a speaker that they're not going to take a no-confidence vote on every few months, yeah. then maybe the ends will justify the means, but we're going to have a really tough time on the road to Damascus. So, Tim, who do you um, see leading us moving forward? So the, the, the front runners right now, I would say, are Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio versus Congressman Steve Scalise, the majority leader from Louisiana. Yeah. Those are the two top contenders. Did you, see what, Trump, other, did you see what Trump I, tweeted out last night? I know. Trump said he's, he's willing to save the day. Well, I saw that. Well, no. Then, then, then later he tweeted out support of Jim Jordan. He said Jordan's the man. So, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that pretty much ends it. What do you, what do you think? No, I don't think so, um, because uh, I, I think Steve Scalise has a lot of support. And here, here's the problem, Alex. There's no votes to spare. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, yeah. There was like, if there was like 275 Republicans right now, I would say, yeah, Steve Scalise probably has it. He's the majority leader. The majority of the caucus is probably going to go with the majority leader. They all like Steve Scalise. The guy, the guy has been through the, uh, the nine levels of hell and back, right, with an assassination yeah. attempt. He's now dealing with a blood cancer. So I think some people do have some concerns about his health and his stamina. This is a very different. Let me tell you, I knew how hard of a job this was to be the speaker of a state. Being the speaker for the U.S. House, the travel schedule alone is extremely demanding and taxing. And so I think some people have some concerns about that. Remember, there's no votes to spare. It's not like somebody can get, you know, 200 and some and somebody else can get 100 and whatever. Basically, somebody has to corral 218 votes with only like four with only five votes to spare so you basically have to get the entirety of the caucus uh in in favor of you so i i don't know that this is settled there's a there's a dark horse candidate who hasn't announced yet but i'm sure he's going to very very soon uh congressman tom hearn from right next door to us here in oklahoma uh he's he's a pretty good these are all good people and unlike mccarthy i think they all start with a significant level of a trust factor. McCarthy did not have uh, a lot of trust from most of his caucus. He was kind of the default speaker, the, the next guy in line. And remember, he tried to be speaker many, many years ago. And uh, after John Boehner, he tried to be speaker. And instead, they chose plan B and went with Paul Ryan. So McCarthy had always been the bridesmaid and never the bride. And this time, like I said, he was almost like the default or the accidental speaker. And so uh, there was a, uh, enough, enough members of Congress that weren't happy with him from day one. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's been probably a rough ride for him internally. Now, externally, 
we look at this and we go, wow, House Republicans have done well this year. They've overachieved. They've passed significant legislation for the border, stuff that apparently Joe Biden, Joe Biden now agrees we should build the Trump wall. We yeah. do have an immigration crisis. <laughs> yeah. Talking about the southern border. Right? Isn't that amazing? So uh. House Republicans, I feel, are with the general pulse of the country and are doing the right things. They were returning to regular order. Uh, Eric, Eric uh, Burleson told me they were going to pass the sixth budget bill this week. That hasn't been done in over a decade where they, they've gotten that far. They were going to pass more next week. Yeah. So I guess it just wasn't happening quickly enough for Matt Gates. And like, and like you said, Alex, yeah, I, I still think he was still grinding on that axe that he's got with McCarthy, and he was not going to let that go. Tim, Don't one, catch his car. Yeah, exactly. Tim, one thing I thought was interesting with McCarthy, and I, and I kind of got to give him some kudos, when the vote took place, uh, you know, he was done. He, he bowed out. Uh, apparently – uh congressman mark alford told us that uh that there were several people who were aghast when he decided to not fight a lot of people uh some of those people wanted to get him back in there again but he said no i'm i'm not doing it i think don that would have i i yeah don I, that took us all by the whole thing took i think though i think the whole thing took congressman gates by surprise. i don't think gates expected to win that vote really he, he, said, <laughs> he, said, he said as much um when they were when they were moving forward and you know, the reporters uh, caught Gates on the Capitol steps as he was leaving. There's media everywhere that day, of course. Yeah. And and he blurted out, I don't I don't know if he did this. I, I think he, I don't know if he had this in his head already. Or they said, well, well, who's going to run the caucus? Now you have nobody to run the, to run the House. And they said, what about Steve Scalise? And Gates said kind of spontaneously, I really like Steve Scalise. I think he'd be a great speaker. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, did Matt Gates just support Steve Scalise? I'm not really sure. So, yeah. you know, but here's the thing with Kevin McCarthy, though. Uh, he, he has been a good leader. Uh, he, he is a good congressman. And he's a great fundraiser. He has, Kevin McCarthy has $100 million in his super PAC. Wow. Where does that money go now? You know, and how is it going to be deployed? Wow. So they still need, they still need Kevin McCarthy in the house whether or not he's speaker or not tim it's always a pleasure to talk to you my friend i wish we had a whole show with you um thanks for setting this up at wake up springfield you're awesome and we appreciate your time here this morning so we're going to get a traffic update with don luzader and then in studio sitting right across from me is the man steve mikowski he's up